Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Quantum Nurse Freedom International live stream. And today is a special edition because no matter how crazy things have been going on and everyone's busy, especially with our special moderator today, which who, who doesn't need any more in, in introduction. And he's just here again to support the nurses and that's Sasha Stone. And for those of you, you can just check out all his new projects because there's so many uh, websites connected with him because he's just that kind of person. He's been an activist for a long time in the 1990s. And he's been just doing and helping people, uh, especially when it comes to topics of empowerment, um, injustices. And so here we are with Sasha Stone. And with us today, before I, I uh, turn over to Sasha and as you see he's on the road because he's part of the arise that world so just be patient with everything that's happening because he'll be with us all right and no matter what this the nurses whom I call right now these are the global frontline nurse warriors and all of them are like boots on the ground nurses. And just before we started, we're talking about families. And, and one thing I noticed ladies are, that is that the, the nurses who are the busiest at home are the ones who also are the most critical thinkers. And they're the ones whom you can depend on at, at, at work, you know? And so with me today, are Kristen Nagel, just wa wave your hand. And Kristen is from Canada. And Sarah is from Canada. I'm going to see, how can I say your last name again properly? Go ahead, Sarah. Susan Yan. Susan Yan. Okay, see, it's beautiful. And of course, we have Yana, which if you look at it, the spelling is Jaina, but Yana Tupkova. And so, and of course, Erin Pine. And just from our last name, you will know that we all come from different background, different orientation, different culture, but we are from one family of nurses who just operate or work from our heart. So that one that brings us together is the care of our patients and the safety of our patients. So that's always, we always say patient first, patient first. Yeah. So I guess while, maybe while we are waiting for Sasha to be able to come in, how about we could, you could just, you know, keep going and start and introduce more about you and Sasha will just join us. That's the beautiful thing when one is a pro in this. So start with that and shall we start with Kristen? Hi, thanks for having me on again, Grace. It's an honor to be here with all of you today. So my name is Kristen Nagel. I've been a nurse for 14 years, primarily in the NICU as well as some pediatric training and uh, I've been terminated for speaking up against the narrative and um, yeah, just trying to promote actual health and healing because I'm also a holistic nutritionist. So I was able to kind of see through the, the lies and the propaganda right from the beginning um, just because uh, I just 
know the push for like petrochemicals and the idea to keep people sick and where this was going. So my mission is to kind of steer people away from that and actually um, allow people to realize that they have all the power that they need from within and that we are our own healers. And the rest of us are just here, here to help guide that, but we are all able to heal our own bodies and we have everything that we need within us. And the, one of the most important things I wanna to touch on, I was telling the girls before we got started is I, got, I have a new shirt, it's a one tough mother. And I think we were all on earlier talking about our kids and, and um, our families. And I think that is a huge reason why most of us are speaking up as well, because we want a better future for our kids. And that is our motivation and our why for doing what we do. So thanks for having me here with this group. Wonderful. Yeah, one tough mother. And in all the history of evolution, there's always that mother. There's always that feminine power that makes a big difference in yeah and uh would sarah like to go next sure so my name is sarah i've been a nurse since 2004 and i worked in a nursing home for the greater part of my career and when you work in a nursing home it's kind of easy to see that the government doesn't really care about these people and that it's all for profit and so when the government announced that they were shutting down the entire economy to protect these same people. A huge red flag went up in my head. And um, like Kristen, I already had experience with the medical industry. I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia in 2017. And it took them two years to diagnose me. It was obvious they had no idea what they were doing. They tried to put me on medications. And I had done my own research and decided not to go that way but to go the way of taking care of myself and finally dealing with the stress and the trauma that was um, running my life. And so I, got, I went to group therapy. I started eating organic food. I started exercising. And, you know, they had told me that fibromyalgia was a long-term disability. And next thing you know, guess what? I don't have fibromyalgia. So I kind of lost uh, trust in the medical industry then and was already trying to start my own thing and so because i um did so much trauma work and i was facilitating uh, i was really big on mental health and so had founded uh, lighting up dark corners that i didn't do much with but now um you know i've joined with kristen and we we founded canadian frontline nurses and we are already we're not looking to fight this system we're already looking to build a new one and so um, i've already initiated um, the mental health part of it which we want to show people how to go to the root cause of their problems instead of like medicating and you know um, living a healthy life and teaching people how to heal and rise and so we're we're going that way we're building a new framework and so we're really excited about it and that's pretty much where we are Oh, great. I think you're silent. <laughs> oh, I can hear Grace. Sorry, then. Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I can hear you now. Sasha, do you like to take over? Yes. Hi, hi, guys. I'm, I'm terribly sorry about falling off earlier. I'm in the middle of the United States, in the middle of a tour, as you may know, um, we just had to pull off. I'm with my with my um, film technical director here. We just pulled off to the side of the road to try and get a, a signal. 
So I apologize for falling off earlier. Good to meet all of you. Um, I'm afraid I don't know how to put names to faces. Um, there's only one face that I, I know here. But I'm um, very, very happy to be with you. I'm not going to be here for much longer than 20, 30 minutes. And then I'll almost definitely pop off uh, because of the signal duration. But uh, good to meet you. Ah, I can see Kristen Nagel. Good to meet you, Sarah. Good to meet you, Aaron and Jana and Grace. Good to see you all. Well, do you want me to anchor this? Grace, would you like me to anchor? Very yes. good. Yes, well, Curious enough, I'm right in the middle of a tour in the United States, meeting with thousands of people and speaking to what's going on with health sovereignty. Um, I'll tell you this much. Three weeks ago, when I started the tour, just over three weeks ago, we were stopping because we were, we were on tour buses and we were stopping and meeting with fans and followers and, you know, signing autographs and all that stuff. But I was getting a chance to meet with so many people across middle America. I've crossed the country three times in the last month and I'm still got two months ahead of me of, of touring and traveling and filming. So I'm getting to meet with thousands of people and their farmers, their mothers, their brothers, their sisters, their outlaws, they're all sorts of people. And I'm getting a good litmus test about where this country is at. And I'll tell you, three weeks ago, they were all wearing masks. Today, I can't find anyone wearing one. Mind you, I'm not in uh, the East Coast or the West Coast. I'm in middle America. But what I want to say to you guys is that the jig is up. The jig appears to be up. And people have just almost in the last 10, 12 days, 14 days, just kind of awoken to the fact that this is an orchestration and they're just not paying attention to it. It's almost like it never happened. So that's America, and America is a domino. It always fract you know, fractates from America around the world, whatever is happening. Um, but that's where we're at. Having said that, um, let's turn Erin, let me just ask you, and, and correct me, ladies, if, I've, if you've already been asked this question, but you wanted to speak uh, to the, the matter of masks and how they're abusive to school children. I'd agree with that, that that's the most seminal piece here. And I'm speaking to one of the people on the tour with me is the now world famous prosecuting attorney, Lee Dundas, yeah. who went viral, as you may know, Aaron, right? For, mm -hmm. for, for charging into school assemblies and holding these devils over the hot coals and saying, what, the, what are you doing to our children? This is a criminal offense. This is like Nazi war camp, you know, to, to get children to uh, de deprive them of oxygen for the love of Christ. There was a young schoolgirl, I think she was 12 or 13, who clinically died um, because she was forced to mask it in the indoor gymnasium at one of the schools. And the instructor wouldn't let the girl, even though she was feeling faint, and said, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. No, you will follow orders. You will wear that mask on. The girl died clinically. She was actually resuscitated a number of minutes later, but she flatlined. So we've got to that point. So please, Erin, let's speak a little bit to that. What, what is your, what is your um, feedback now on the status quo as it relates to kids in schools being masked? Yeah, so, you know, here in New Jersey, we're, you know, as a school nurse, I had seen these kids being physically, emotionally, and developmentally harmed by these masks. And it was just ridiculous for them to be in this mask, knowing that they are in the population of people who would be least affected if all, at all um, from COVID-19. Um, you know, these kids are wearing masks for six or seven hours a day or longer if they're in after school sports. 
and they're outside running in masks, doing, you know, a mile and a half wearing a mask and they're sucking that in because when you're running, you're not just breathing normally, you're like inhaling that. So, you know, it's just terrible. The things that I've seen, um, the children that have been wearing them incorrectly and just, you know, for weeks on end, the same exact mask, of course, that mask is going to be cross contaminated and they are at risk for physical ailments. Like, you know, not just rashes and canker sores and lip sores and things, but, you know, pneumonia, which they can die from. Right. So right. this is very serious. It's not just something that is a mask and, oh, well, well, we'll wear this for now. It's physically harming the children. And, you know, emotionally, I've had kindergartners and first graders with a new diagnosis of depression and anxiety this year. I mean, severe anxiety and fear that is causing physical symptoms. You know, I've had kids come in after vomiting in class and I had one little girl tell me, she said, I'm not sick, this happens all the time. And I said, well, what do you mean? And she said, well, mommy knows because I, I see people in masks and then I get really nervous. And she said, and if I think about it for too long and I don't change my mind, then I throw up. She said, so that's why I threw up in class. You wow. know, this, these are babies yeah. that are having this, it shouldn't be. It's, so it's, it's a whole new generation of kind of um, um, PTSD that we're, we're likely to be catalyzing, right? So you, yeah. you mentioned that you'd like to get the message out to parents to not give these vaccines to their children to start showing up at the um, uh, presumably BOE means Board of Education meetings and to tell them they won't accept the vaccines being forced on their children. Well, I don't think that's strong enough for a second, Erin. Um, I think that class action lawsuits uh, for criminal uh, activity for attempted manslaughter. I mean, honestly, you could absolutely, you could absolutely press charges like that um, because this is this is the most extraordinary interference with health sovereignty. And the basis of all international law and all law forms, as you probably know, is the right to life. Those three sacred words: right to life. When boards of education um, and and headmasters, headmistresses, um, and so on are all in uh, moving against right to life. They are all culpable. And mm -hmm. I genuinely think that parents should stop playing this polite democratic game of turning up at meetings and raising their hand and hoping that they can get a question aired. It doesn't work. You're right. They sit in their own living rooms, draw, you know, roll up their own sleeves and then get to work, get an attorney, do class action and move immediately against the school or so-called authority, who incidentally, mm -hmm. anyone nowadays is mad to keep their kids in school full stop. <clears throat> It's quite clear how pernicious and malevolent these institutions have become. In, in any event, um, do you not agree that we could possibly step it up and take it further than simply trying to petition uh, these uh, these morons in the in the boards of education? Yeah, I mean, showing up is great and speaking to your BOA and talking to the legislatures is great, but they don't care. And, you know, they're not changing. And if we don't take a stand and start going more further and further with this, then it's going to continue because as long as we tolerate it, that's how long it's going to last. So we need to be doing these class action suits. That's something that we're doing here in my town for New Jersey. We have um, a GoFundMe set up and a bunch of parents are pouring money in right. so that we can hire a lawyer for these action suits, this class action suits. Oh, and you know another thing. How about this? How about also raising crowdfunding uh, campaigns and setting up local neighborhood schools? Do them in your own homes. Start schooling kids and getting them completely undream spelled and cult programmed because we all know this, this Tavistock Fabianist agenda is completely flipping the script on kids. 
you know, it's a well-known fact that a, that a 13-year-old schoolgirl 100 years ago knew more general knowledge than an Oxford or an Oxbridge PhD today, general mm-hmm. knowledge. And that's, that's a tragic indictment against the so-called education system. In any events, let, let's ask Kristen uh, Nagel, uh, just please just elaborate and forgive me if you really answered the question before I came on, but what is Canadian Frontline Nurses? How can people find out about you? And just let us know what you're up to. Canadian Frontline Nurses was formed um, with Sarah and I when we both um, found that we were the only ones speaking up um, and we both were terminated for going against the, the narrative. And we wanted to bring other nurses to the conversation because we knew there must be more than just us. And there are, we found hundreds across Canada and we are trying to form, Sarah had mentioned, a new framework. So Sarah right now is really moving forward with her mental health initiative called Lighting Up Dark Corners. And we are gonna try and move towards new frameworks of actual holistic health, empowering the individual, knowing that they have everything they need within them, um, talking about food, gardens, um, just more self-reliant and trying to um, shift away from these systems that are keeping us in victim mode and really just starting to try and empower people. So we can be found at www.canadianfrontlinenurses.ca. Um, you can support us there and we're going to continue this conversation hopefully on the road like you're doing by going across Canada this summer to get the message across that it's time to move away from our regulatory bodies that are dictating how we think what we believe, what our values are, and that they're silencing us. They're actually kind of, they're forcing us to do harm. They're forcing us to go against our oath. And so we're moving away from our regulatory bodies and the corrupted medical system wow. and moving it to That's yeah, such, that is such, such good news to hear that. Because <laughs> that was going to be my next question. Like, how do you begin to disentangle from those regulatory authorities and compliance authorities? And so you're, you're moving in that direction now. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. This is so exciting. Yeah. And, this and we have a class really action good. lawsuit against them too. So we're also suing them in the process. Hey, all the way, baby. <laughs> Go all the way. These devils are the Catholic Church. Forgive me. That's my expression. They are the third party interventionism in education. Like the third party interventionism in human in human uh, health and wellness is the pharmaceutical industry and its systemic poisoning of humankind. And then come the regulation and compliance authorities forcing good nurses and doctors to abrogate their Hippocratic oath and forcing them to inject babies with toxins, known toxins, or better still, getting you know pharmacologists not even look at the labels anymore. Pay no attention to what's on there, just do your job, which is to dispense, sell. Everyone's become a goddamn cashier in the health industry, and that in itself is a, a grave crime. I love what you're saying. Grace, uh, you've been working as a registered nurse for over four decades. Well, you wouldn't think it looking at you, uh, but you've got 20 years um, backstory in critical care. Um, How did you survive and thrive in that environment? I'm interested to know that. Well, the number one thing that I have remembered and I have placed on myself as a guide in being a critical care nurse, in spite of my being holistic, is to remember that I am created in the divine image of God and that I have a role to play. Because I said, if I get out of the system and I know that the system is already um, corrupted, then someone has to do the role. And it it wasn't just me. There were really other uh, doctors who are just as compassionate and they can see what's happening already. And that's why when they announced that 
in in the February that it, it's like a pandemic. I I could not believe that for myself. And then when and Dr. Butar and other doctors were on the front line already speaking about, you know, that uh, that reimbursement or diagnosis and how much I wept because I knew that that was really happening because being in the system. And of course, when I saw that uh, there were all like uh, nurses um, being like um, applauded for being front lines they were treated nicely something all of that even right. in new jersey i thought to myself wow only now that you know that the nurses play a big role in this help so i knew it was all part of the propaganda and because i've seen this even before i came to united states i knew they couldn't fool me and all i can do is do what i'm doing now as bring people together because I've, I've always realized that I am good in bringing people together to speak their truth. And mm. you, you know, no one has to be scared of what might happen because if all of us, all kinds of faith have that belief that you are more than just a simple human being and to be human is to be divine anyway. So if we remember that, then you're always connected to people like you and me and us, and then to the entire nature. So let us just exercise that um, humanity and divinity in us. Beautiful, so beautiful, so beautifully much. stated. Of course, I've I've spent time with you before, so I know your I know your spiritual metaphysical um, orientation, and I think it's very very powerful because that's the spirit that is really prevailing right now. And that's the stuff that's bringing all you, you beautiful angels together. And it also is the, is the stuff that fuels me as well to put myself in the line of fire in, in doing what we do because we have no choice because we're born to it for God's sake. So Jana, let me ask you a question. How do you defend yourself against um, any kind of mandatory vaccination? And does, uh, does anyone that you know of, I mean, I can speak to this because I've been doing judicial commissions of inquiry and, and meeting with you know, Mikovits and Cahill and all of these great and good frontliners. So I'm aware myself, but what is your experience in in uh, researching the kind of perfected templates for health systems uh, so that you can um, refuse to consent or comply to anything that's mandatorily uh, executed by the government? You'll need to unmute. So yes, in the past, um, I've refused a flu shot. So I have to actually sign consent where I said I have to wear a mask. And so that works for me for the last four years so far. Um, yeah, but it's been challenging because uh, people's been looking at me um, in the way, you know, I'm kind of um, basically putting uh, patients in risk that I'm not taking the flu shots. So I've been a couple of times abused. How come I um, haven't had my flu shot? But I always stand my ground because I know I have my rights to refuse Bravo. it. Uh, at the moment, COVID-19 vaccination, it's not compulsory yet. Yeah, so... Well, um, well I mean, the, the, curi the curious thing is I'm certain in my own mind it's never going to be...
necessary because I happen to know about international law forms and the international treaties, the covenants, the World Health Organization, and so on, that they cannot make it compulsory. They can make it appear as though they can make it compulsory, but they cannot. You cannot turn a cat into a dog. You can paint a cat's face onto a dog or a dog's face onto a cat, but you cannot make a cat a dog. And these godless imbeciles fail to understand the primary tenets of law. This is all based on the mandate of the people to the governments. What we're going to see with this insanity coming through the so-called COVID, I call it the COVIDiacy, what we're going to see is that this is the ultimate Achilles heel to the serpent in the garden. This is going to be the thing that auto-struts governments around the world and the United Nations, the multilateral institutions that are all complicit in this global gangsterism, because that's what it is. These are banker priests that are running corporations that are masquerading as governments. They have co-opted and hijacked our education systems, our media systems, now our social media systems. Actually, they engineered those all the time as a metadata surveillance technology. But these sons of let me start. I was going to use bad language. I shall not do any bad drops here. These demons have been seen squarely by good living sons and daughters of God. That's you and me. We see these devils. They will never get to make it compulsory, ever. Now, I think that in Germany, there are certain, it looks as though it's compulsory. In parts of Scandinavia, in uh, New Zealand, in Canada, in Australia. So the Commonwealth countries, principally, and countries like Germany, Germany. They appear to be on the front line of, sort of compulsory uh, um, mandating. But again, if you really understand the law forms, they cannot and they do not. So you're absolutely right uh, to hold yeah. with your position. In the immunization handbook, there's a section when it says they can't force you, but yeah. they, they won't tell you. And they just tell you, if you don't get a flu shot, you know, we'll have to report you. So they're going to basically... Right. Tell you stuff and report you to what you what I do, they will report you to who, Jana? Oh, they said human resources first. I luckily, human resources. So, stop. One bureaucrat threatens to report you to another bureaucrat. Carry on, yeah. But I luckily, I didn't need to be, um, or I didn't been abused that way. But uh, unfortunately, lots of nurses that I know, they took the flu shot because that's what they've been told. If they don't get the flu shot, they're just going to be reported. And so they took it. They didn't know their rights and they didn't want it. Yeah. 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 It, it's, an, it's an absolute travesty. I mean, many of the people I've been speaking to in the United States, even yesterday, one guy came up to me and he's an, and he's an anesthesiologist or an anesthetist, whatever you call them. All right. And he came at me when I got on the stage. He came up to me and said, um, I've worked for 28 years in a hospital as an, what do you call it, anesthetist? What do you call them? Anesthetist. Right. Anesthetist. Right. And he said, he said, I had the first jab. How can I cleanse my body from it? Because since I had it, I realized I'd made a terrible mistake. But I fell to the peer pressure. I was led to believe by the hospital that I required to do it to keep my job. That was not true. So he's, and of course, we explained to him about the pine needle tea and about the suramin and all of the rest of these uh, 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 discoveries that are helping to purge it. But the point is, human rights, Geneva Convention, Nuremberg Code, Nuremberg Principle, and foundationally, the right to life under UCC 
uniform commercial code. There is no wriggle room for these devils. What we ought to be doing, each one of us, and this is my advice to all nurses and doctors and health and medical professionals looking into this podcast, they each need to take down the name of the bureaucrat that is acting as a fence or a hedge for this satanic agenda. And let's start moving against these little people. They are small, small, petty tyrants. Some of them are good humans that are just abrogating their conscience. Either way, either way, we need to move against this level of the technocracy and bureaucracy. Get their names. Name and shame them. Name and shame them. Bureaucrats become bureaucrats and technocrats become technocrats because they are generally invisible people and prefer invisibility. Make them visible. That's my suggestion. Sarah, before I move on, was there anything you wanted to add? Sorry, Jana, forgive me. Anything you wanted to add? Well, not really. I mean, if we're talking about firing, like here and you were talking about nurses' rights and the vaccines here in Canada now, um, nurses are being terminated in long-term care if they're not taking it. And they don't really care about the law. It's right. like, oh, you don't want it, you're going off on unpaid uh, leave of absence until you take it, or they just fire you. So Great. Just- well, we've all got smartphones, so record these devils saying that, and record the, emo- the memos and the SMSs. Keep your phone on record in the canteen. Get these devils. Expose the technocrats, the bureaucrats, the administrators. These people hate being exposed. They'll crumble. They will absolutely crumble. Don't forget. This whole madness we're describing is simply symptomatic of a great paradigmatic shift that is happening in the world today. It is a convergence between the old new world order and the new earth that is emerging. It is a paradigmatic shift between blood economy, scarcity economics, parasitic economies, and the new global quantum reset. It is a great calamity and a confluence of the living versus the dead. The masked versus the unmasked. We're living through an archetypal war. It's beautiful. But let's just be strengthened in our conviction and move against these petty tyrants, these administrators, these bureaucrats, these technocrats, these wombats who are doing the bidding of the devil and circle them like the the Zulus do. It's not the Zulus. It's the one great tribe in Africa where somebody screws up in 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 the village. They don't go and beat them. They all take that individual out and they stand in a circle around them. And then they keep telling stories about how wonderful that person is and what wonderful things they did when they were younger. And they keep just telling the positives about that person to remind that person that they're not a murderer or a rapist or a thief, that there's something deeper there. And we need to resurrect ourselves. And I tell you what, the, the, the medical profession Seriously, being on the front line of the satanic nonsense is the one that really needs to resurrect itself in the spirit of that beloved angel, uh, Florence Nightingale. So, Sarah, I just want to ask your personal story with the medical system healing naturally and how that's led to your mental health initiative lighting up dark corners. Yes, I I touched a little bit on it before, but like I said, I was... um, I was really not doing well. I started having a lot of different symptoms and I went to the doctor. I did like a couple of years of testing basically. And I was told, Hey, it's all in your head. You know, I do have trauma and anxiety. So it was like, Oh, it's probably your anxiety. And I was like, no. So, you know, I, I started doing my own research and, you know, because I was like, I'm going to die before they find out what's wrong with me. Like literally at some point I couldn't get out of bed. And um, like, I wasn't even 40. I'm a single mom. So I was like, 
I was like, this is not happening. So I decided to take charge of my life, basically. And, you know, I had a lot of trauma in my uh, childhood and in my life, and I decided to get help for that. I went to get some group therapy and finding out that I had complex post-traumatic stress disorder, which is another label, basically, but it's meaning that I found out that I was normal for what I had gone through and how I wasn't alone. I was able to you know, um, learn about boundaries and reconnecting with my inner child. And basically within a, um, three months, I was sober. Um, and then within that year, I started eating organic food. I started working out. I reconnected with myself with yoga, mindfulness. I lost 60 pounds. Um, and I did so well that I started facilitating myself. And, and then I found out that um, there was so many other people that had somatic illnesses because of their mental the mental challenges that they were going through. And I was like, hey, it looks like the same thing. And I was telling them, do this, do that. And some people are getting better. And I was like, wow, I gotta, like, I gotta get out of this nursing. You know, I knew I was I was in a poison. Like, I felt like I was poisoning my residents. Right. And they were right. eating powdered eggs and, and canned mandarins. <laughs> and like, I was like, this is not health. It's not about health. And so I started lighting up dark corners, but I wasn't really ready at that point. But now, uh, you know, speaking out and doing Canadian frontline nurses, it's actually put me in a position where it's perfect. And so we decided to start it. Um, and I just put a word out there, hey, who wants to help me with this initiative? And I got like 25 people, uh, registered psychiatrists, life coaches, energy healers, um, yoga instructors, you name it, all kinds of people that uh, holistic uh, people that start I have already have their own uh, business like this going on right. and so they're coming uh, to volunteer under me and then they're offering their services free we have this monthly calendar we're gonna have zoom meetings uh, you know uh, we just started a couple of weeks ago actually so but we're right. look, really looking forward to a lot of things like programs on addictions how to teach people to be mindful uh, you know, but we're really looking into and also like maybe programs on helping people how to withdraw from prescription medications and going into yeah. like a better yeah. healing naturally. That's a oh. huge part of it. That's a huge part of it. You talk about yeah. uncoupling and removing yourselves from the from the regulatory so-called authorities. These are treasonous entities that should be hung by the neck until dead. But as you talk about uncoupling from the, the statutory provisions and the regulatory authorities and the compliance authorities, so-called authorities, that's one piece. But you're absolutely right. We're talking about the resurrection of our species from the satanic agenda. It's all about retooling our bodies as well, completely retooling our bodies and our blood chemistry and our psychic chemistry as well. You know, that's before we even get to matters of spirit and our own acknowledging our own divinity, for God's sake which incidentally is the greatest curative of all, is simply recognizing our own innate God-given uh, divinity. Look, um, I, Sarah, I, I, thank you for I, that. And make sure you give us the link so we can blast those out on social media. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right now it's on Canadian Frontline Nurses, but yeah, we will. Great. Guys, I've got two minutes left before this dongle goes dead because it's a, it's a, a very brief one. So I'm going to love you and leave you. Sarah, Jana, Grace, Kristen... And Aaron, angels all, warriors all, heroines all, thank you and God love you. I'll leave and you guys carry on, do, do your thing. Delightful love meeting you. Too. you. Safe travels, Sasha. Thank you so much. So, well, 
you know, it's it's really hard, but we appreciate really, and I appreciate you because all of us really are doing so much things. So if we'll just continue the, our conversation because those are empowering when we can hear people can hear that. Okay, like you, Yana, right? You said yeah. you've been saying no for years because you 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 had no fear. You knew your stand, so you just stand on it. You know, for yeah. you're still working there. And and I really like I'm I'm fully ready to have all these different or nursing registry that's created from from this time. Wouldn't it be so exciting? And we'll make that happen, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So it is so exciting. Can I add something else? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's why we need to to stay more. Yeah, because we we also have another initiative. We've collaborated with Stan for seniors. And just like we were talking about, like building the new framework, and and you know, uh, Kristen is going to do the holistic part, and I was working in nursing home, so I'm kind of like close to that part. And just how we were talking about like uh, creating education pods uh, for 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 kids, you know, and getting away from the education system, we're also looking into getting um, seniors out of nursing homes and these institutions and creating pods senior pods in the community that's more like uh home set like home like and with like organic foods and this and that so we're actually working on that so i think that every like everyone has like something that they like that they can start thinking about like what can i bring to the new framework you know what i mean and i think it's so exciting just wanted to throw that in for sharing that did you guys hear about sentner academy the one in in florida so i think that was the school that there was a really neat school from she presented during the advanced medicine conference in south dakota and and there they created a video about the kids and it could even make you really cry and i'm waiting for them to send me the link and we could all share it but what is unique sarah with that school kind of like what you you and Kristen and canadian groups thinking so that school they serve the best meal you know for the kids and you know they they really um honor that the kids have all this uh dimen multi-dimension way of learning and that's why they're the ones who stood up for the kids and they're the ones who said no we're not we're not um accepting we're not hiring teachers if they are if they just got the poison dart you know so she's gonna be my our the, our guest here and sometime in at the end of july but that's kind of, so you should connect with them too because you know yeah. she already established that school in Claire. that's amazing it's yeah. very interesting yeah because I'm, I'm talking about um that pods for for uh seniors isn't there like pods even before in in but this is in the old setting right in california that they have they call it group homes or something you know but but now let that be a group home for the what you're imagining not like it's some group homes that we know now okay yeah exactly it is it is actually similar to a group home because it, it's you have to do it without involving the government so it is actually kind of similar to group homes the way you set it up and it's supposedly 
not too complicated. Um, you know, obviously you need money for the staffing and all that. We're, we're looking into how to deal with that because we want to also do it like with kind of like people volunteering and stuff like that. Because We looked at staffing and we were like, oh, that's why nursing homes have so much people and so little staff. Um, but we're going to figure things out. But we're also looking into a lot of like people should volunteer, right? This is a community thing, right? We take care of our seniors. They took care of us. I think it should just like be like that. kind. But yeah, we'll see. But yeah, it is like group homes. Yeah. 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 Anyone any have any idea? Um, but when Sarah, um, you were talking about that in the Philippines, I started with, but this one, okay, so they did an initial funding. It was through a German funding from, and it was it started for a community development. So we started, I, I was one of the co-founders of that little, little project for disabled or physically challenged but what we did is i connected with hopefully <laughs> with the nursing schools to if they want to volunteer so so if you're talking about volunteers i think at this point in time many will start yes. volunteering for things like this i so think now, so and so re retired nurses too right retired nurses would probably like to volunteer too like we're looking into that Yana, how's how's uh, what's still going on in Australia? Because many times we're we hear so much, uh, like uh, how do you call it? Like, uh, what Australia seems to be the one of the top countries that are just <laughs> hmm, sliding smoothly <laughs> yeah. through what's going on. <laughs> and, yeah. So there's uh, always lots of lockdown in Victoria. Um, and I've been, I've been as well told that lots of people start moving from uh, Victoria because they had enough of so many lockdowns. There's lots of protests going in Victoria as well. Uh, New South Wales. No, what we what we have compulsory it's um, if you going example to a shops or any restaurants you have to scan a barcode or you can't go in. Yeah, I believe that they are some restaurants are more strict and they watching you and they wanna see that you sign in. You have to basically show them if you sign in, and some they just a bit more easy and they have it. They don't. They don't check you, basically. Yeah. So I'm refusing to go. Where, to where's the barcode? Where, like, where are they putting that on? Like, so it's basically you have barcodes which is print out, and it's normally stick in the front door, and you have to scan it with your phone. Okay. And then you put your name and your mobile, and then it's basically you have to always show to the owner that you ticked off. Like it's a kind of green tick. And some uh, owners of the coffee shop or restaurant, they check. Some do, some don't. Yeah. So, yeah. Is it like a sign-in? Like you have to scan this code and, or, and say that you were there so that they can contract trace you? Yes, correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're just moving it towards more of the digital because like right now we're still just kind of signing in with pen and paper. I mean, like you make up your own name or you make stuff up or you just 
skip that whole step. But um, but interesting that they're actually like scanning things. So that's moving into that next conversation of things yeah. moving into digital. Um, yeah. I was curious about the traveling because we know a mom here who has children in Australia. Um, so she's in Canada and she's been having a very difficult time to get to see her children. Um, she did get an exemption this time, but she had to fight for it to be able to go see her, her own children in Australia. But we did hear that um, there's going to be kind of like no um, travel in and out of Australia until like 2022 or something. What, what's your feeling going on with that, like travel and getting in and out of the country? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're talking about it, uh, that, yeah, we won't be able to travel. They sometimes, like, I can't remember how many months ago, yeah, there was a closed borders. And I remember one story, I don't know if she was Canadian, but, yeah, her kids went to Victoria to her grandma. And then the lockdown, basically, yeah, there was a lockdown and she couldn't get him back home to New South Wales. So, and I think, I don't, actually, I didn't follow up that. But, yeah, there was basically, they don't let you go in or out, yeah, from the borders. Yeah. So that's even, like, within Australia. Like, you can't even cross borders within Australia. Yeah. And I was just thinking, like, traveling outside of the country. But even it's still locked down even yeah. within the borders. That's correct, yeah. It's just been crazy. And, yeah, I, th I think that was about probably six months ago. Yeah. Is that still going on now? It's in Victoria. It's just in Victoria, yeah. Yeah, that, that's just having a hard time. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, that's like us in Ontario, I guess. So Victoria kind of seems like the Ontario of Canada. We're in very strict um, lockdown measures. Actually, our whole country is. Um, the Maritimes, like the um, the East Coast, um, is in their own little bubble, they call it. And to leave their provinces or go anywhere or get in and out of that bubble, they're talking now about um, being injected with the biologic gene therapy in order to go um, across provinces or out of the bubble. Mm -hmm. so. so I think one of the most important things that we as nurses really now, especially those who haven't started taking care of themselves, because that's one thing I noticed really when I first came here, and you know, even my Filipino nurses that you know from the from the Philippines and adapting the standard American diet and just getting just just having the joy of eating a lot of the luxurious food, and. And I think that's why people are so scared. And um, for so for the nurses, they're scared to lose their job, but also they're scared that they will get sick, you know. But what can what can we maybe suggest to them? Because as far as I know, if we limit if we limit our imagination on how to make a living, then we really limit ourselves. Then if we really this is the time to really start knowing to really take care of ourselves in many natural ways because it is available and that's really been my my expertise for a long time you know and i'm a grandmother now i passed that motherhood <laughs> but uh, but then i'm really concerned so much about the children you know so maybe all of you could share what you do because i bet almost all of us work 
outside the nursing, real nursing, we don't sleep till after 12, 16 hours. <laughs> right, mm -hmm. that's the normal time. <laughs> so let's let's see. We'll go. Who whoever wants to share, what's their favorite thing to do? Mm -hmm. I think now more than ever, we need to look at what our passions are. Um, you know, I think a lot of times we we went to school, we kind of stayed on this path society told us to. You learn about this, you get your job, you stay in your job, you collect your pension, you wait for retirement. And there was never any mention of creativity. They never really looked at like, what are you passionate about? How can we really hone in on that and utilize that and bring your like magic and passion out to the world? But I think now with everything going on in the world, this is an amazing opportunity for people to really step back and be like, do, do I like my job? Do I enjoy what I'm doing? Is there something else I'd rather be doing? If time and money weren't an option, what would that look like? And I think we really need to come inwards into our heart and, and think about what am I passionate about? What is my magic? What is the um, what is something unique I can share? And a lot of times people think like, oh, that's already been done, that's already been done, but it's never been done in your voice because there's only one of you and everyone's gonna resonate with a different voice um, differently. And so I think we now is this amazing opportunity to let your passions out, let them be heard, shine your magic, because right now we need bright lights. So the, sh the brighter someone shines, it allows someone else to shine brighter. And then that just motivates someone else to shine brighter. And then we can all start, you know, kind of lighting things up like Sarah's lighting up dark corners to kind of move this darkness out. And, and the more magic and uniqueness that we bring, um, the more opportunities we'll find, the more alternatives. And that's what people want right now because I think a lot of people feel stuck. They feel stuck in the systems that they know of um, because this is all we've had for a very long time, but we need options and people are looking for options. They're looking for something different. They're looking for alternative means and they're looking for your unique voice. So I think now is an awesome opportunity to bring your magic out and, and yeah, so thinking outside the box. <laughs> very true so Erin what's going to happen now you know because uh, you want uh, you want to share more on what's your plan because for your for your school nursing yeah um, well school nursing at least in this district is done for me um, they've canceled me completely and um, my contract for next year is done so I am you know doing kind of like what Kristen said I'm going to be searching for something new and kind of trying to, you know, live out my passion and speaking for these kids and um, being a voice for them is right now what I'm planning to continue on doing. I think going forward, um, what we're going to see, you know, of course, this is all leading to the vaccine. So, you know, it starts with the masks and now, well, especially here in um, New Jersey, you know, everybody can take off their masks going in stores and anywhere else except for school children. They have to wear them in, until they can become vaccinated. So we need to start fighting and standing up and saying there's no way that these children should be vaccinated with this poison. And we really need to um, be screaming from the rooftops and educating people because a lot of them are, you know, this isn't like the flu vaccine. This is not the flu vaccine. This is something completely different and it is going to seriously harm these children. So, and the parents who are allowing their kids to be injected with this because they're uneducated and they don't understand what this really is, 
it, that's who we need to be targeting and we need to be reaching. And they're so deceived and their eyes are covered with believing these lies and whatever they've been told. So my goal is to just open as many eyes as I can and just continue to pray that God would soften hearts and, you know, give ears to hear and eyes to see and, you know, lives would be changed. And um, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. And uh, yes, I'm also, yeah, I, even if we're all from different places, I find it really useful that, you know, you Americans be members of the Canadians, the Canadians be members, you know, because that's how you, you learn from each other, right? So, yeah, so you saw that recommendation here that you, you have to connect with someone, but this is how you start with, you know. <laughs> by just getting together yeah and, yeah and also i noticed that when you connect with, with different organizations and sometimes i may not be there at, attending the zoom but i read a news and if they have some recommendation to read i like that you know i like that and then so the videos that or that kate from from uk so i that, that's where actually i get my news now is from all these different groups that recommend what to read, what to look at. So, yeah. Okay. So it's it's very crucial. So I appreciate all that. Yana, keep asking. We need to get we need to get other people. So keep your keep our ears open for other countries. I have to study a bit more law. Sorry, I mumble jumble in here today, <laughs> but I'm just a bit nervous talking in front. <laughs> Yeah, but um, I hope I can help, you know, uh, more nurses in Australia to stand up for their rights because, yeah, it is said that they actually allow them, you know, to be bullied to something. I Yeah, I always refuse, but I didn't need to ch be challenged with high authorities. I always managed to kind of de uh, have a deal with my nurse unit manager. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of making myself ready when some high authorities come to me and start questioning me and, you know, pushing me towards some vaccination. Yeah. Yana, I was thinking maybe right in your facility, maybe, you know, that's where you can begin because yeah, I, I bet if you're doing that, others are doing that and others may not know how to do it. Okay. And so i just happened to leave the hospital at the perfect time couple of years i i stopped working in 2010 in icu and it's only after few years after that that they were mandating for nurses to have the flu you know mm. so it was just perfect for me but while i was there the, my best influence on my co-workers in really eating healthy you know having that good mindset in the really being just owning your health. And I mm -hmm. know that's when I used to take them, they will say, what time are you off? And I'll take them to the health food store. Mm -hmm. So from in your facility, Anna, I bet, I bet that's where you can begin. So, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Yeah, that's right. But I'm looking to start studying some more natural therapy. So I'm looking more doing like energy medicine. Yeah. And what's actually happened, the reason as well why I'm like that, because I've been as well injured with one of the surgical products. And 
when I was telling them, basically, I feel really funny, I don't feel well, they basically tell me that what I'm saying is anecdotal. So then I find the group of people who had the same surgical procedure and they had exactly the same symptoms. So then I start basically heal myself, just study, you know, everything and how the body works. And now when I basically come to hospital and looking after my patient and I, I basically my heart is beating because I think, oh my gosh, I'm poisoning the people. <laughs> and then when I looked actually the uh, vaccination, then I asked, oh my gosh, they're just lying to us, you know, because I had such a bad experience with the sur surgical procedure. Yeah, so that's why, where am I? <laughs> and I just hope that, yeah, I can be able to get out and do my natural therapy some kind. Didn't decide yet what. <laughs> yeah. And you, you did excellent, Yana. You just, so we all have our different, that's another thing, you know, for those who are listening, we don't have to be like, each other we have our own unique way of expressing so that we have to stop comparing you know i so so thank you for being here so you did fine okay <laughs> <laughs> but however we were talking about learning more about the common log yeah that's the time that all of us must start learning so that no one could intimidate us you know what yeah. say the words <laughs> You're right so for people who don't know what the common law is, well, I'll, I'll just say, you know, I like following Christopher James and check him out. It's a warriorcalls.com. And he has always a Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday um, at 8 p.m. EST live, on the, uh, live stream. And we're going to have him this coming Thursday. So, and there's other people there, right? So who's your favorite one that you follow? Uh, Christian, you know, who do you who do you follow, or who do you take? Look, I'm just always uh, jumping from one to the others and just listen different parts. Like the uh, Rena Democratic, that's in from Victoria. That's Monica, with uh, I forgot his name now. Um, yeah, multi multiple multiple pages that I follow. Yeah, there's another lady that she's more knowledgeable in the law. So, sorry, I can't remember the name. <laughs> I mean, getting kind of like a lot lately, it's been really interesting because I've just been getting firsthand experiences. So kind of like the anecdotal kind of comment. So it's been interesting to kind of like hear just like straight from from people's experiences, which has been really helpful. So people kind of just keep sending me their stories and what's happened to them. And um, so that's been really helpful just to kind of learn um, right from the experiences um, of people. Um, but I've always loved Dr. Thomas Cowan. He's been um, huge, Dr. Zach Bush, and of course like Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, Christian Northrup. And um, I, I love following all the work they do. And Dr. Zach Bush is just always has such a positive impact and I, I love um, I relate so much to what he talks about with the soil and farmers his um, farmers project that he's working on so those are some of the, the people I love following and of course I just love following fellow nurses and learning what is happening right on the front lines and their own experiences too mm -hmm. 
The other person that I like to follow it's uh, Dolores Cahill. I don't know if you hear about us. Well, she's here. Yeah, I like her. And of mm. course, the big talk. The big, the big talk is all about uh, lately. Is all about the transmission and also all about the the discussion on on how to on on you know the isolation of the virus. So that's all what I've been also listening to, following listening to Dr. Stefan Lanka. Yeah, yeah, and of course Dr. Tom Cohen, Andy. When it comes to those topics. <laughs> Yeah. And so it's it's a really exciting time. That's all I said. If you if you are a person who is in, uh, curious and inquisitive to know truth, it's very exciting. Exciting because wow, you're learning so much, so much of the things that you can do. And yeah, not going back to the old paradigm. You know, no, we want. It's not that we hated the old one. There were many things. That's why. We yes, we did. Yes, we did. <laughs> we can say it. It was terrible. We were, we were, it was built on a lie. It was built on corruption. It was built to keep us in victim mode. It was built to keep us sick. And it was not working. It was not working for humanity. It was not working for nurses. Um, and we needed something catastrophic to come and wake us all up and to shake us out of our comfort zone. And now is the time to choose courage over comfort to get uncomfortable and to really start standing firm in, you know, in, in conviction and in truth. You know, we are in a spiritual battle. We've kind of talked about good versus evil. And now we're at that um, point where, you know, we have been shooken up um, enough where now we actually can make change. We can change the trajectory we've been on. We can pick a new path and we can go in a totally different direction because where we're headed, we're headed for our own extinction. I mean, Dr. Zach Bush talks about humans being the sixth extinction in a very short time, um, about 2060. So it's amazing that we're here and that we get to be a part of that change and shift the direction for humanity to actually create something beautiful and magical built on our God-given natural immunities are you know, created in his perfection. And I think it's amazing that we can start shifting people back to that. And, and, and you know how, uh, can you imagine everything that you guys are yeah, the one that you just shared with me, because because I ask, I say that because I they say that you know we all know the power of my mind and imagination, right? And that if we can imagine, and that it is already happening, that it is one step to materialize. And I can really imagine. I can imagine that you know, in like in Canada, in UK, that they're really like a new nursing registry. I says, whoa, <laughs> I can imagine that, you know, and I hope the rest of the, of course, the other countries will follow, hopefully, yeah, yeah. but I can imagine that. It's so possible, highly possible. Yeah. And, it's so uh, needed, and I, I know, like, Sarah creating, you know, her mental health initiative, and I know what's happening with, like, Kate Chimarani in the UK with um, the People's Nurse, and I don't know, I've, I have been envisioning um, nature healing centers, like, it's time to get people to connect back, like, literally into the dirt, 
and to connect back to breath and realizing that we have a divine poetic relationship with with God through breath, through the plants, through everything um, that is on this earth and getting back to a natural foundation of where we belong. I mean, I've been kind of saying lately, you know, God doesn't make mistakes, humans do. And all the, <laughs> the more conveniences that we've created for ourselves, the more we have actually lost. So it's time to get back to what is meaningful, what's important. And I think the blessing of this past year and, and ongoing is that it's really making people um, realize like what matters in their life, like what brings meaning, what brings purpose and passion to their lives versus all the meaningless materialistic items that once like filled their kind of, you know, day to day. And now you get to actually connect to like what actually like means something to me. So I think there's a lot of blessings in this past year. And I, I hope to kind of see a future of healing centers, nature healing centers, gardening, and, and just bringing people back to um, connection. Mm -hmm. yeah. I strongly agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, and how's our family? I will be okay. And, uh, you know, they said, in my understanding from indigenous tradition, once you take care of yourself, then the other members of the family will be okay also, you know? So it, we keep that in our heart, right? So, uh, anything more that you wanna share? We did, uh, I think this is fabulous and we should, when we have new connections, yeah, now you're connected. Erin and I were connected before. Now I know Sarah. So we'll just continue to connect and then you are all leaders in your own, places okay yeah any last words of wisdom it's, I, I just personally wanted to say thank you thank you everyone for what you're doing for speaking up i know that sometimes it can be a, a struggle and it can be quite nerve-wracking but i'm honored to be here with all of you and i know we'll stay connected and grace thank you so much for always bringing everyone together yes yeah, same thank you grace thanks for having me on the show and um yeah, I thank you very much as well that I could be part of yeah this conversation, and yeah, just uh, I hope I can keep touch with you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Hey, you never know, uh, Yana. Someone from Australia might say, "Hey, let's begin something there." As well. Yeah, that's what I probably need. I need someone help. I feel a little bit lonely. <laughs> and and, uh, just to know what, what steps to do. Yeah, just yeah. to help the others. Yeah. You're not alone, Yana. Kristen yeah. is, is always my go-to. Hey, you know anyone? Because really, so you see, you know. And then I realized I was, I'm also part of the Dr. Butar's tap group. And I said, oh. Let me ask, I said, hey, by the way, is there any nurse here? And someone really answered me. You know, <laughs> you just never know on the on the groups that you belong to. You'll find, hey, yeah. is there any nurse here? Of course, I'll say, is any nurse? But you know already that where you belong to are the group of like-minded people. So now it's good. <laughs> okay, yeah. And Erin, yeah, so, you know, that's Erin's information. So go to that. You know, you know what? I, thank you so much. Also, I'm I love that you we're all uniting nurses and stuff like that. Um, but I just wanted to say, me and Kristen, just because like you know we're saying last words, we're planning on doing a cross country tour because we want to go pick up more nurses on the way. 
And so we just want to put it out there. We need help. So we're doing kind of a fundraiser. And so people, if people want to help us with that, um, they can go to our website and donate there, or they can send us an e-transfer at cfln at proton.com. ProtonMail, mm -hmm. sorry, .com. Uh, just to let you know, and we're, we're really excited about it because we think like we're going to grow uh, mm -hmm. when we do that. So. Yeah. yeah, we think it's important to travel across Canada and to really meet people face to face and build those in-person connections. So um, we always hate asking, but if you're able to help us on this mission to get across Canada, that would be amazing. <laughs> we also want to go to a lot of like native communities and, and you know, bring awareness there too. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, so, and you guys, uh, those who are referring someone to make connections in the chat, make sure you <laughs> take care of that connection. Okay, Yana, you have a message here for you. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying I, to figure out how this, um, how does it work? Well, thing. anyway, if nothing else, just send me the, the information and I'll connect it to, you know, okay? Yeah, yeah. okay. In, including you. the you know the fundraising connection because you know when i publish it then i'll put it there together um, yeah okay. awesome thank and, you thank you let's see so and thank you everyone and please thank you to all the viewers and the audience and just to all of you there you know that uh, we're all in this working very hard you too wherever you are keep keep us in good prayers and wishes and take care of ourselves and our health and our families and loved ones. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Thanks, Thank, you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.